Good morning, this is Vicky. And this is Joe, and, and we're, we're the two natural, natural ladies. And we talk about the good news we all need and ways of getting the most out of life. We help people with practical, uplifting ways we can all make a difference. And we're striving for better, not perfect. And we love a good laugh. Please enjoy the show. And we have the wonderful Carla. Are you there, Carla? I am, yeah. Wonderful. Good morning, Carla. It's so wonderful to, to have you here. So Carla has worked in the homelessness sector for 17 years, both in the UK and in Australia. In 2018, Carla co-founded a not-for-profit social enterprise, Homeshare Melbourne, which supported people living with a disability and people experiencing homelessness. And we actually interviewed you about that to find both housing and a supportive flatmate to live with. Last month, Carla launched her own charity, Woohoo! Bridget, not Bridget as in the girl, Bridget, <laughs> which continues the work of Homeshare Melbourne as well as offering two residential programs for women in St Kilda. I love it, Carla. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So tell us all Thank about you me back. Oh, you're welcome. We're so we're so happy to hear all about what's going on. So please tell us. Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, Bridget's an evolution of Homeshare Melbourne, really, with a lot of the same kind of thinking. We really realised that um, connection's absolutely key to people's lives. So we're really focused on creating both homes and connection. So we're going to continue doing our Homeshare work. So we'll be supporting all the people that we've been supporting over the last few years to, to live in those amazing Homeshare arrangements. Um, but we've also um, had some big excitements around launching a couple of residential programs, the Sanctuary and the Cocoon. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind few months. Yes. We then decided to set the charity up maybe four months ago, and it's been all go since then. So I've been really lucky. My whole team, my home, my Homeshare Melbourne team, are all coming. They've all come with me. Oh, um, that's great. Managed to create the most amazing board, which has been so exciting, and we've had great support from some foundations so Igniting Change, Payton Foundation and Mutual Trust really got right up behind the idea and enabled this whole thing to happen. That's amazing so I mean tell us more about the two residential programs you'll be running the Sanctuary and the Cocoon. So the Sanctuary is it's an eight apartment property uh, in St Kilda in this beautiful old building and the Sanctuary the purpose of the Sanctuary is going to be to create a community of women who are living with a disability. So we're going to have seven of the apartments we're going to direct to women who have experienced homelessness or who have a real lack of housing options that need access to safe, affordable, really high-quality, well-located housing, essentially. That's kind of the crux of the, the idea. And that we're going to have an on-site mentor. So there'll be a woman who will act as a mentor to the women who will be living with them on-site. And then we're going to provide lots of wraparound support. So we're going to do well-being activities. We'll make sure the women are fully linked in with all the services that they need to, with the intention of giving women this amazing stable base to be able to work on their other life areas. And so are um, you seeing this as a long-term thing for people? So the sanctuary is potentially forever housing. Right. So the sanctuary is for women who are over the age of 25, but we're hoping that it will really prioritise women who are in that older group. We, we're always hearing about that yes. it's a really challenging group for the mm. old, over 50-year-old women that have hardly any super and 
those types of things. So struggling in the rental market, struggling to get great housing. Mm. So the, the hope for the sanctuary is that women can live there for as long as they need housing and support together, because that's the kind of uh, critical element of the programme. And if if we manage to support the women to a point where they really stabilise, so their mental health stable, they're going really well, like maybe they're back in education or training or um, employment, that we'll support them to find their next step. So we've partnered with an amazing uh, community housing provider called Housing First on on both the sanctuary and the cocoon. They provide the accommodation and we provide the support. So we're hoping that some of the women will just transition through into one-bedroom properties through Housing First or through other options. That's great. And what would be wonderful is if if the women actually connected with each other and, and say, hey, we might move out together. Not that they have to, but there's to have have their own little community and have some support and. Be... Well, that's really the hope. Is yes, that real relationships are mm. are critical. So that we really need people, don't we? We really need connection, and yes. I think that's something that we've learned from COVID is that it's been a bit of a double-edged sword on the connection front, hasn't it? That yeah. we've seen these incredible things happening and neighbourhoods reaching out to each other and people connecting in ways that they didn't pre the pandemic. Mm. But we've also become, at the same time, simultaneously more disconnected than ever, which has a significant impact on people's mental health. So we really just want to create like a community-type feel with the women and be able to go and have barbecues with them, go for walks with them, like, and actually try and build those real relationships between the women, which is so strengthening and also really protects people from re-entering homelessness, which is exactly what we saw when we were um, running Home Share Melbourne, is that if people just have that one person who will be there for them if things go wrong, then that keeps people off the street. And so just to clarify, will Home Share Melbourne continue or is it really morphed now into this? It's really kind of morphed. Yeah. We're, we're calling the... We're, we're, we've moved to calling um, Home Share Melbourne Homes Connect because we realised that uh, what we were doing was so much more than the home share model and also we were starting to operate outside of Melbourne. So we were starting to operate in rural Victoria as well. So home share Melbourne just didn't really make sense anymore. So mm. we do really hope to kind of grow and continue to develop that side of things that we were so conscious we've really got our hands full with taking on these two new programs and I'm getting very close to maternity leave so, so yes I, I was going to say I thought maybe baby was yeah. already with you and thinking oh my god how are you doing this <laughs> <laughs> no not quite yeah I've got I've got a couple of weeks to go right so and so tell us about the cocoon yeah, so the cocoon, I'm so excited about the cocoon. So the cocoon, it's a 19 apartment property, also totally beautiful in an old, lovely old building that's been renovated in St Kilda. So again, providing really high quality housing in a in a fabulous location at an affordable price. So um, the same as the sanctuary, the women will have to pay um, 30% of their income, which is typical with community housing. But the, the cocoon's going to be for young women. So again, focusing on that real need for um, women's only housing. So safe housing for um, women um, who have additional um, complexities. So the women that we're going to be focusing on for the cocoon are young women who are exiting out of home care, um, who have experienced women who have experienced homelessness and women who are living with disabilities to and are struggling to find that kind of safe and affordable housing option. Um, and we're going to try and create a therapeutic community, which is a real point of difference, I think, between what we're doing and what we're seeing out there. So 
So we're going to have all kinds of groups and life and living skills and dog walking and therapy animals and we're going to have a sensory garden and all kinds of amazing things for the women to get involved in. That's an early intervention programme. So that's for 12 months only. And our intention is to really get the young women ready for independent living with hope that if we really invest time and energy into supporting these young women when they are really young, that we might be able to divert them from a lifetime of homelessness. Mm. And when you say disability, are you talking physical, emotional, mental, or all of the above? <laughs> so the full spectrum, really. Yeah. So both, both the properties, the way that they're designed, they're, they're not wheelchair-friendly, but they do have rooms that would be suitable for uh, for women who have limited mobility or limited sight. But predominantly what we see in, in the housing and homelessness sector in terms of disability, well, at, at least kind of on that pointy end, which is typically where I'm working, it's psychosocial disabilities like schizophrenia and bipolar and those types of kind of mental health conditions that can be really challenging to live with, particularly when you don't actually have that kind of safe and quiet space to go back to at the end of the day. Mm. So what, what's different about the models of your programs in comparison to what else is out there? Yeah, so so you mentioned um, earlier that I've worked in homelessness for donkey's years. And um, so I think I've pretty much worked in almost every different type of residential program you could possibly imagine. And there's some great things that are happening and there's a lot of you know enthusiasm to try and be creative. But what I've done is pretty much drawn ideas from each of the different places that I've worked that I've felt that are really powerful and impactful and then drawn them together into into these two particular services which have some great similarities and some also some key differences so I think something that we really don't see is forever housing with support so sometimes people that we're supporting through homelessness services we'll, we can support them sometimes like I supported the same group of amazing people for three years and that was great and, and you see people stabilize over that period of time but then when the support ends um, the deterioration happens. So I think the sanctuary is acknowledging that for some people we might really need to support them forever and that's actually okay. Um, so some people need forever housing and support and that's what the sanctuary does. And the exciting thing I think about the cocoon is um, is the therapeutic aspects of the space. So um, typically uh, housing with support comes in the form of youth refuges and crisis accommodation. So people will get this incredible support for six to eight weeks, in which time you, it might be enough time for people to kind of take a deep breath and kind of get their head straight a little bit and start to plan for the future. But the reality is, is that the housing crisis in Melbourne is so significant, you actually can't truly find a great housing exit for somebody in that period of time, which means that typically uh, people will exit into really inappropriate accommodation like boarding houses and office, maybe high-rise offices of housing, which we know can be really problematic. And then they just cycle back around again. So the point for the cocoon is let's, let's provide that amazing support that we see in the crisis accommodations and youth refuges, but let's provide it for longer. Let's provide it for 12 months, not, not for six weeks. Yeah. because that's enough time to truly stabilise. And I think that really focusing on the importance of community connection, on addressing trauma and having a really trauma-informed space. So like every little minute detail that we focus on is about really recognising the impacts of trauma for the people that we're supporting. So again, I'm working with my twin sister, who we mentioned last time I came on the show, 
and really she's taken that on board so uh, she's taken that role on down to like how lovely is the linen and how comfortable <laughs> is the bed and how nice is the lighting mm. so creating these really incredible spaces where women can actually actually recover and then move on with their lives mm, really healing space it's beautiful yeah so what are your big hopes for bridget I've got some pretty big aspirations for Bridget at the moment. The excitement level is like pretty extreme and I'm really thinking that we've got something here mm. that we could probably, I'm hoping we can really prove this model that actually really investing in supporting people and paying you know, attention to all the things that we were just discussing means that we can actually do something about homelessness, that it's, it's not too hard. It shouldn't be in the too hard basket. We mm. just need to invest in it. So I'm hoping that if we can really evidence this model, that we might be able to kind of grow it and roll it out potentially across Australia. We, Like I mentioned earlier, we've been so lucky to have this incredible support from numerous foundations, uh, many of which I haven't touched on today, but, but we need government support. Like the hope is that we can really show that this works and we and get that support from state government. So we're we're deep into discussions with state government at the moment about it. They're really excited and they see a desperate need for what it is that we're doing. But we just need to kind of get that. We need to get them on board for subsequent years after our, our first year of piloting these concepts. Yes, because, of course, it's amazing what you're doing and the difference you're making to those people. But it's a drop in the ocean too, isn't it? It, it? There are so many more people. And as you said, if you can show people that this, show the governments that this works and they can they can do it on a larger scale. So we're actually, as you said, making a difference to housing crisis that we have mm. and the homelessness. Really, I mean, you've, you've done incredible yeah. work yes. since the last time we spoke to you because I remember you talking to us about your your aspiration mm. for this and you've and made you've it happen it. yes <laughs> in, in yeah, pretty uh, pretty hard times yeah. you know pretty yes challenging times I've had a lot more time to think and plan I guess than usual yes so. <laughs> yes so you're eight months pregnant and uh yeah. yes how are you finding balancing being a mum and doing all this amazing stuff you're doing yeah, well, I've got a I've got a two year old uh, daughter, Billy, as well. So it's certainly been a bit of an adventure, mm. kind of juggling everything. But really, I'm so inspired by being a mother, like and seeing, you know, creating this amazing life for my daughter and and soon to be son, who's going to be here in the next month or so, a couple of weeks. That's so motivating for me to think that I don't want anyone to experience homelessness. I want everybody to you know have that kind of safe and stable base that I get to create for my family. You know, and I think actually being a mother, you have these incredible skills of being able to juggle a million things at the same time. I think I think you guys have got eight kids between you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, can't, you just learn, don't you? You just learn how to kind of juggle and yes. and prioritize really well. And I just make sure that I, um, you know, that I'm fully engaged with my family in the evenings and mm. the weekends. And I've got an incredibly supportive husband, Corey, who's right up behind me with every kind of crazy big dream that I've got <laughs> bubbling at any given time yeah and I guess the final point is that the aspirations I have for Bridget are predominantly around really trying to change a system that's quite in some ways quite broken and in supporting people who really need that support the most but it's also about really challenging the way that we work creating an organization that can be extremely family friendly and really flexible and like I think that working nine to five is really very outdated and extremely old fashioned. And I think 
I've been able to recruit much more skilled and amazing people by offering really flexible work. So it's like that flexible work is incredibly beneficial to me, but also to my team. And I hope that as we grow the organization, we'll be a really progressive organization that offers a lot of flexibility to its employees. Well, and also that the people that you're helping, they don't switch off at you know, five o'clock. <laughs> that's it. No more problems till nine o'clock in the morning. You know? <laughs> and and yeah. that's as a youth worker. That's that was one of the things that that I found quite interesting in certain groups that I was involved with. That it, it was just like you know, at five o'clock. Okay, we switch off and everybody goes home. And yeah, <laughs> nothing's going to happen now for the next however many hours. So, and also the other thing I just wanted to mention is that hopefully Billy, that Billy looks at her mum and goes, wow, look what my mum's doing. I can do that, you know, and, mm. and not necessarily what you're doing, but what a role model that you are and, and not that you necessarily do it for that. And that's one of the things that, that comes out of this, that, that she gets to see a, a powerful, amazing woman out there creating connections, community and contributing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I really hope so. I mean, I think we need more women in leadership positions. I mean, and we are starting to see that kind of increasingly in the sector, but you need diverse people in in leadership roles, don't you? So kind of being a bit younger and female, it's a real opportunity, I think, to be able to lead an organization at, at, at my age. And yeah, and I think it all comes down to just having the most amazing people behind you and and really trying to kind of create something that feels like a flat structure as much as I can. So like really recognizing and acknowledging the skills, the amazing skills that the people around me have. Well, just congratulations, Carla. We're absolutely in awe of what you're up to and what you're doing and what you're creating. And uh, and we'll keep we'll keep following yes, you and uh, yes. see what you're up to next. Yes. Yeah. Now I have an apology to make to you. I just dumped all the all the songs in, and I've already played your song. <laughs> but tell us why Vance Joy's "We're Going Home" was so important to you. I'm so sorry. I just realised. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's okay. It was nice to get an opportunity to pick a song. I, I picked that because it's all about home, and really, mm. that's Bridget. That's exactly what Bridget's all about. Mm. Is if we were to summarise it in one word, it would be about home. So that's that's why I selected that. So I just wanted to quickly mention or direct people to our yes. website if I if I can. Yes. Yeah. So um, so if if anyone's interested in what we're doing and would like to be involved in any way, like we're looking for amazing people who might want to volunteer their time to do occupational therapy or like help with therapy animals and all types of different kind of things that we're going to need support with. And we're also still fundraising to try and create this amazing environment that we're trying to create. So if I could just point people to our website, which is www.bridget.org.au, which is B-R-I-D-G-E-I-T. And you've also got a Facebook page, yeah? We do, yeah, yeah. We're also on Facebook. And you would be then putting the call out on, on your posts so that people can go and have a look and see what, what support you need? Yes, we need, to, we, need, we need to get a bit better at that. But yeah, yes, we will be that, would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. And just remind yeah. people what, what you're looking for. And I've just written down, because you were talking about gaps before, I'm just wondering even if Bridget came from bridging the gaps, because that's how I, I'm seeing it. It's so. exactly that, that there's all of these gaps that exist in the current services that we really need to mm. address. And we're addressing kind of critical gaps in the homelessness system through these programs. Mm. It's awesome. Bridget Bridget is a perfect name. It is. Yes. It is. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time, Carla, this morning and good luck 
in the next three, four, five weeks when when your little man is going to appear, and then you'll really know what's what what what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. Two little Thanks leaves. so much for having me back, guys. Oh, you're welcome. And yes, we will keep in, keep in touch. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to the Two Natural Ladies podcast. Visit twonaturalladies.com.au for more information. Thanks for joining us.